All right, welcome to episode 101 of the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. I am B-Rob, and as always, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast, the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Sunday, June 6th, the Sunday night edition of the Pineapple Couch, and we have a lot to talk about on today's episode. At first, I'm joined by Josh Bilker, we're going to go through everything NBA, talk about the Clippers beating the Mavs in Game 7 today as well as the Suns beating the Lakers this past weekend, or Friday actually, in Game 6, and advancing to the next round, as well as the Blazers losing their series to the Nuggets. And then we talk a little bit about the second round when we go into the Hawks beating the 76ers, as well as the Nets beating the Bucks in Game 1 of those respective series, as well as we preview the upcoming matchups of Jazz vs. Clippers and Suns vs. Nuggets. And then later I will be joined by Peter Gonzalez to break down and preview the upcoming show on Disney Plus, Loki. It comes out this Tuesday night at midnight, um, and we're so we're excited about that, so we break it down. We talk about what we're expecting in the show, as well as going through a, a deep dive of Loki's time in the MCU. So, a lot of good stuff today. I will stop rambling, and we'll get into episode 101 of the Pineapple Couch with Beer Up. Let's ride. <laughs> Welcome on back to the Pineapple Couch, episode 101, and I got Josh Bilker with me here today. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs, the Clippers winning in a big Game 7 today against the Mavs. We'll go back to the end of last week's news with the Suns advancing past the Lakers, the Blazers losing to the Nuggets, as well as we'll talk about today's game of Hawks and 76ers, and we'll talk about the Nets beating the Bucks yesterday, as well as give out a little predictions on what we think will happen in the upcoming Jazz Clippers series, as well as Suns Nuggets. Um, Josh, how you doing, my friend? Great. Fantastic. I feel not Happy exactly Clippers like- fan. Yeah, the... I don't think the monkeys offer it back, so to speak. Yeah, I have a segment about that. Don't worry. Yeah, it's it's kind of a thing where it still feels like that was way closer than it ever should have been. Considering, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, you just face up. The Clippers are way better than this Mavericks team. Yeah, it's wild. Way better. It is wild, and and it shouldn't have been Game Seven close, but fantastic. I mean, every every road team Mm -hmm. won until Game Seven, so. I, yeah, I mean, great performances, I felt like, for yeah. this game. But we'll talk a little bit more in a yeah. second about that. We'll get that into a second. Again, this is episode 101 of the Pineapple Couch. Uh, you could scri- subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, as well as following us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, okay, I just this is nothing to do with basketball, but I just need to share this with the Pineapple Couch listeners and you, Josh, because I'm a little worried. <laughs> Everyone knows that I'm the world's most renowned expert on Twin Peaks, the band. Of course. It's it's a fact. I love that band. One yeah. of my favorite band that has ever come out in my lifetime. The Stones are my favorite band of all time, but they're so, the songs I love by them came out literally 25 years before I was born. So about that, um, I am starting... Okay, I don't want to worry everyone, but it, I've been worried about this for like two months, and I just... It's been... Nothing good has happened, so I just need to put this out there. To kind of brace everyone. I think there is a small, not even as I, I don't know if Twin Peaks broke up. They might have. They might be done. 
just from what I've seen on social media, just how I've how they've usually done everything. You always see them producing and doing stuff. Maybe they're hiding a bunch of stuff. It is it is weird. Every small band or not small band, any musical act band seems to be announcing upcoming tours, whether it be in the fall, some places early or in the summer, or maybe even next year. There has been nothing from Twin Peaks. And it is just getting a little weird. The lead guitarist of Twin Peaks, he now only has five photos on his Instagram. He deleted a bunch, and Twin Peaks aren't in his bio anymore. I don't know what that means. Maybe I'm being like a weirdo and looking way too into it, but it's just been a long (laughs) time without an announcement, and I'm starting to get a little worried, so I just needed to share that with you, the loyal Pineapple Couch listeners. Josh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to float over a little bit of optimism. Is it, you know, a lot of times when you do the social media blackout, it's 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 album rollout time is what we're doing with uh, pop culture. So maybe they've just been like in the studio just constantly from here on out, you know, just making music mm-hmm. left and right. I mean, because they, they released something, what, last, I think it was like the start of the pandemic kind of. It was, so what, what was that, yeah, like? it was around April, March. April, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and, and was that was the last songs, thing. I think. True, four songs. But they were also, they seemed like they were written uh, like then and there because I think one of the songs references the pandemic. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure something about that. I can't remember the lyric on it exactly. I think it's Whistle in the Wind. Yes. Has something yes. about that. But so, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's so scary. I, Mm-hmm. So, but I, I, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, be a little hesitant on that, you know, to, to, to you know, uh, mm-hmm. quell your worries a little bit. That well, I like that. That makes me feel better. Yeah, because I think maybe there's just a chance they've just been working constantly because they're busy guys. They have like yeah, what three yeah. side projects as well on top of. I know. Peaks. That's also so, another thing that worries me. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I let's I'll, I'll roll with your optimism, and so we'll we'll leave it at For that. Now. Any uh, any updates? I will, of course, relay them to you, the Pineapple Couch listeners. The Instagram well as, thing is weird, though. The, yeah. the taking it out of the bio, I think, is weird. Sorry to interrupt you. but Also, though, stay tuned for some Pineapple Couch merch coming real soon. We've got the first prototype of the sweatshirt. Got it on right now. Um, this oh, is a podcast, so though, so you guys can't see it, but trust us. <laughs> um, and so we'll have a couple different colors, maybe some other designs. We're working on them. We're, we're a very small, small program here, small business. So it might take a little longer, but we are in the process of getting that out to you guys. So enough about that. Let's go into your Clippers beating the Mavericks in Game 7. Um, they went 126 to 111. You get a Kawhi, 29, 9, and 10 from Kawhi. Uh, I mean, Luka had 46, 14, and 7. But and Paul George, 22, 10, and 6. I will say that he did not play that well. That is kind of a little overinflated, at least in my opinion. Well, the the ten assist is is that, that's impressive. Major. But he is pretty major. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. He he was trying to hunt his shot a lot. He does that a lot though. Mm-hmm. He kind of floats a little bit on on as far as scoring goes. But yeah. But yeah. Go go on though. The series though, I mean, Game Seven, in my opinion, was decided by three things. Kawhi or four. Kawhi obviously was in his bag on offense and defensively was very locked in on Luka. That was huge, even though Luka still scores 46. Down the stretch, Kawhi was making him work. Yeah. Kristaps Porzingis sucks and can't get a rebound. <laughs> and so terrible. he has 16 points. I guess he has 11 rebounds. But if you're watching that game, that dude just got alphaed over and over again, whether it be Terrence Mann, Kawhi, um, basically Paul Jordan, anybody on the Clippers. Batum. Uh, Batum, yeah. Morris, 
Yeah, this was, is th- sorry. Uh, th- this to me is the biggest story of of why the Clippers kind of came back. Is for some reason the Mavericks try to play with size, which it was working somewhat to them, but out of out of limited purpose. Basically, they didn't have poor, a dominant Porzingis performance at any of these games. Really, so mm-hmm. they needed to go in with bo- the Boban games and just kind of weird out the Clippers. The problem was is they were getting by. The Clippers were getting by with playing guys like Morris and uh, and Batum. Batum at five. And and Terrence Mann guarding these guys and they're just lanky as shit and they can and they can disrupt passing lanes because mm-hmm. there were I think I saw like it, it must have been like fifteen turnovers on the on the like post inlet pass and I've just yeah. never seen that pass picked off as much in my life and just in mm-hmm. in the paint it just felt like they weren't really ex- existent they weren't that uh, deterred to really drive in and try to finish over these guys and they were get fouls constantly. I mean, yeah. it's it was just weird. It was it's it's just a weird roster, and I think they did the best they could. Mm-hmm. The Mavericks, I mean, but like it was just, it, yeah, ah, man. I mean, and this just, is where the game is won, Josh, because despite you get 18 points out of Finney Smith, and he was actually pretty good today. He was fantastic. Um, yeah, but you don't get anything. Yeah, Chris Stops gives you 16. Tim Hardaway Jr., who is really boomer bust, only gets you 11 today. And then he got a little the, hurt, though. I think I don't yes, think he was right after. But the, ankle the backbreaker of everything is the. Re- the if you're the Mavs, you already are at a roster disadvantage from what we think, just looking at the two rosters, right? Easily. Reggie Jackson scores 15, and Marcus Morris has 23 points. Yeah, that's that's, that's how thing. you win a game seven. Yeah, He finally showed up, Morris, so he, he finally got his shot right. Seven for nine from three. Somehow, though, one for what, one for six everywhere else outside the floor, <laughs> outside the, the perimeter. Fuck me, whatever that means, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Morris finally played a good game, and that's really that was the separating difference to me, at least, because you know Kawhi was going to do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul George was going to give you a, a probably a twenty point game, whatever it was. But to me, the big one is Morris's shot finally fucking hit, and Kennard, mm-hmm. Kennard, uh, we you know, yes, I, I, we need to mention that that big Kennard performance. Yeah, I I fucking I I love Kennard for for the record. I, I think he's a fantastic huh. player. Uh, he's he's got a good shot, but I just feel like he makes the right play like eighty percent of the time on offense. Defense the ball movement today, Josh, was incredible. Yes, from the Clippers, yeah. the way they were moving that ball around, 30 unbelievable. Assists. Thirty yeah. assists, and the Mavericks destroyed the assist differential for like every other game this series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this brings us to the the broader point, though, because I mean, we can talk a little bit about the Clippers' future against the Jazz, but this Mavericks team, what? The yeah, fuck? Let, let's what are, let's what are we hold, gonna let's, do? Let's finish the Clippers, just the series, and then I have some thoughts on the Mavs. Sure. Just a couple more things I wanted to say about the Clippers. Kawhi, this is... So, Josh and I had been texting the last week-ish and being like, did we overrate Kawhi a bit? Like, saying he's, like, a top three player in the world sometimes? Like, because it was weird more on your going end. on in this series. More you on, were also saying end. it, though. You were also saying it. I was saying Luka was outplaying him, and I think we, yeah. we could we could have this conversation, I think. But I mm-hmm. wasn't ready to take him out of my top five still. But, but yeah, I, it, it, it would have been hard if, if Luka won this series, mm-hmm. I think, that we could have had that. Go on, though. Sorry. Yeah, but Kawhi, this is why he is a top five player in the league. This is what he comes out and does, and he shows us the— Obviously, what, he had 46 or something, 43 the game before this. And then the two-way playing tonight of him really just taking on that Luka matchup, that's what makes Kawhi so effective. Um, and another thing you'll be surprised, I'm surprised I'm saying this. Ty Lu coached an unbelievable game. Completely yeah. outcoached Rick Carlisle. And 
I am that stuns me because I am I don't think Ty Lue's very good as a coach. <laughs> I've never thought that, but today he proved me wrong. I thought it was a good game from him, and then um, respond to the Ty Lue thing, and then I have something to say to you. Yeah, I I think hopefully he finally figured out the rotation at least against this Mavericks team. He finally figured out the guys he can play and the guys he can't. And Rondo just wasn't really playing well. Couldn't really play him. Zubats was absolutely unplayable the entire series because Luke was hunting him. Unfortunately, Beverly got played off the floor in, after game two. But, uh, you know, it's it's the guys like Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard. Those are the, and, huge and, and, and huge. obviously Reggie Jackson, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Putting him in the starting lineup was, was a pretty big change. Um, but the problem is, is I don't know if this really carries over the Jazz because I think it's just such a different team. So I don't. Yeah. I, we're going to probably back to square one, I have a feeling, yeah. of, of just him mm-hmm. figuring out his lineup again on the fly. And, and to me, like, it's it took him seven games to kind of figure the out. The Jazz will punish you this. a lot more than this Mavs yes. team, too, for that. Yes. And so you bring – that's kind of a good segue to what I was going to say. And I'm not trying to be a hater or rain on your parade at all. I just saw a few social media posts today from Clippers fans, some that I know, some that I just see – I've seen online. Here's my message to you. You didn't get – the monkey off your back you do not need to start like you can't then go post yeah no one talks shit about us anymore we shut you all up yeah no this is the first round of the motherfucking nba playoffs you're favored your team is talent wise a hundred times better than the mavs luca outplayed you most of the series and you escaped because for the main part you two reasons Kawhi went nuclear and the mavs sucked and like didn't have much around him and so to the clippers fans and this isn't you josh i know that i but yeah the fact that i saw multiple posts today like basically saying haters shut up the clippers like we proved you wrong or we've shown you this is a first round playoff series and josh i just would like to ask a question yeah we've just, been here yeah have you have you guys ever made a conference finals no no that's that's really? to me you guys haven't no that's shocking Okay. If you can't tell everyone, I knew that, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the Clippers, like, if the Clippers make the conference finals, I don't think that really gets the monkey off your back because when you have a team that's as loaded, not loaded, with the quality of players as they have, it's championship or bust almost. I do think make, making a run to the conference finals or the finals does help, but, I mean, calm down. Settle down, Clippers fans. I picked you guys to go to the finals, and so I'm riding with you now. You, this Jazz series is about to be a fucking war. Donovan yeah. Mitchell, I hated on him a bit. Not hated. He just was a little too much for me, a little too much social media, a little too much look at me. He's a bad man. He's a bad man. And he is going to be a problem. And I think that this Jazz Clippers series, it's tough for the Clippers because they just went seven games. And I think this Jazz Clippers one's going to go seven as well. I think you're right. Yeah, and it's going to be, I, to me, one of the biggest problems is without Ibaka, if he's not going to be able to play at all too, I think that's going to be a big problem at the size because I'm not sure. I mean, you can just go pound for pound Zubats for Gobert, but I, I think the space out from Ibaka that he gives you would have been very nice huge, to have. Huge, Yeah. Is Terrence um, Mann too small? No, no, I think this is going to be a guard-heavy series, and that's uh, we can get into that. Do you want to do the preview now? For the no, 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 no. We'll, we'll wait for that. We'll wait for yeah. that. Let's talk about uh, the Mavs, but after yeah. finish up what you're saying. 
Well, just to uh, finish off with that is, yeah, I think at least we need to get to the conference finals before Clippers clap back at anyone still because this has just been decades in the making of just them, Mm -hmm. you know, collapsing and constantly just being absolutely terrible. And and just like that's the only way you're going to ever – get anybody's respect really as as a yeah. clippers fan is this the thing it's just it's just never gonna happen in, mm-hmm. unless people are just kind of humble and quiet about it if the, clippers win, if the clippers win the championship this year and the lakers lose in the first round and they beat this nets or bucks team that'll shut everyone up for forever yeah just don't I, I, well, don't like they're just blowing their load way too early calm down I agree. wait you gotta fight you got you're playing about to play the number one seed i know the regular season sometimes things aren't what they are but the jazz Seem pretty legit. Okay. Go into the Mavs now. Josh, the Mavs haven't won a playoff series since they beat the Heat in yeah. 2011 in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Carlisle struggled this series, I would say, coaching in some ways quite a bit. But Cuban says Rick Carlisle will be back. Yeah. Which I'm, I agree. Of course he should be. Because, um, I mean, like... I think Cuban said the the grass isn't always greener. De- yes. Most of the time, it's not, and so unless there's something, what we see, a side note, but Mc, Mc, Nate McMillan, that the Pacers, that was fucking stupid because you thought the grass would be greener somewhere else, and he's a good coach, but that's a side point. Um, does Porzingis, Josh, have absolutely any trade value? Because I am punting on him for forever. I think he's yeah done. Not done. I don't think he could be thought of as, I don't know, even like a, he's like a, a fifth he's best 26, player on your team. Right? He's 26, so, I mean, there's still uh, potential for improvement. But I, I, you're right. I mean, I just think anyone that size, if they can stay on the floor also, I just think they always have some advantage and can, mm-hmm. you know, you, you might want to, you know, have some big guy that can shoot on any team really. But I agree with you. I just, I, no, I, I don't think that he's going to be really a factor uh, for the, for this Mavs team as far as trade value or anything goes. Because mm-hmm. I they lost this trade, and that's crazy. They lost yeah. this fucking trade, and it's, and it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. What's more embarrassing is that you're not going to pair up Luka with any fucking all-star caliber player in his rookie contract. And you're just not taking advantage of this guy that gives you 46 against one of the league's best teams and best defenses, best wing players in Kawhi and Paul George. And that's just embarrassing. It's just flat-out embarrassing. Porzingis is is terrible. He's, he he's is. The, he's one of the softest seven-footers I think I've ever seen in my the, life. The, the rebounding today was so obvious about how bad Porzingis was. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like a... Uh, like an ego thing. If I was Rick Carlisle, I would have gotten Porzingis the fuck out of there. Yeah, he should yeah, have been I, in the game. He he got out like just he was so soft on the rebounding. I mean, but Josh, how like obviously it's like yeah, Luca needs more talent around him. I agree. Yeah, it's just tough. Like, what are the Mavs gonna do here? I don't really see the path to surrounding him. In I mean, maybe it's a bunch of small moves that add up to be a lot. I don't really know. I don't. There's not like a guy who's available that I think massively like changes things. But I'll throw this at you. What if the Mavs somehow got Towns? Mm. 
Oh, that's that's it. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I, 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 yeah. That's the one thought of when do the T Wolves punt on Towns? I think they're going to give it at least one more year there, at the very least, because I think they they were finding some success towards the end of the season. Granted, most of these teams weren't playing, and yeah. uh, they honestly should have been in the tank column if they wanted to keep their first round pick. But for whatever reason, they wanted to ride it out. D'Angelo Russell played relatively well as a scorer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got some big minutes from Edwards, who I think kind of completely turned around a lot of perception of him. Yeah, and we'll see what Towns can do with like a full season, maybe of that, and then you bring back uh, who's the, who's the shooting guard again? God damn it, I can't remember the guy that got hurt that uh, people kind of like uh, Beasley. That's it, Malik Beasley. Oh yeah, I just and think- he was the one who was uh, like banging. Scotty Pippen's Lur- wife. Yeah, Larissa Pippen. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a gnarly it's, rabbit hole if you go down for real, that. I, the, just the whole Timberwolves team is just a really weird team that just don't, they don't seem like they really care about basketball. Really? Yeah, they don't. They're most of the team. They don't. Like, Rubio was ready to retire midseason, too. And, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I like I like Towns. I'm wondering maybe if you um, kind of punt on this Porzingis deal maybe and get a you know, and just like extend the thirty million year, a dollar a year contract slot, just with like another player for a little bit longer. That's just a better teammate and a potentially better player. I'm thinking somebody like Kemba. Thinking maybe John Wall would be terrible for this too. But Kevin Love, Kevin Love, yeah. I mean, those are the kind of guys that seem like they're. Um, I just don't you think know, Luca needs a point attitudes. guard. I don't think so either. And here's the other thought I was going to throw at you: is is there a chance? Like Luca just makes it impossible to start with, like additional with, it just with with his style of play where he's no. I, I would disagree because I think you could look at a couple examples that, and I don't even think it's a stretch to compare to Luca to these guys. I think I would say look at James Harden, look at LeBron James. True. Yeah. No. No. no he's, I, agree. I mean, and well, I'm not saying Luca's better than LeBron, but I, I'm not. I'm just saying Luca, in my opinion, the off from what we've seen, he's going to be an all timer. Yeah, so that's why already, I reference those two guys. He's already there, I, honestly, with all these records already. He's you know first player to do this, first player to that, and mm-hmm. next he needs to win a series though. LeBron, Kareem, <laughs> he got really unlucky though playing these Clippers teams. Oh yeah, twice in and a row. it's not. I'm not <laughs> saying like it's his fault at all. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's Lucky move on. Won f- five of them, five of these games in in a in two seven game series. It's ridiculous. Jesus, ridiculous. Jesus. Um, insane player i i love i hated rooting against luca i hated the fact the clippers tanked for this team because i knew they had some beef and i knew luca would show up and i it, it was bad idea bad idea. a lot they of got back from morris Kawhi, and pg to luca post game though mm-hmm. yeah for say. sure that was for sure a lot of and respect I'm, there glad to see that that they're not like mm-hmm. rubbing it in and that they're not yeah. they're not doing the damian lillard thing that they did to yeah, him at tough. the end of the bubble tough. game They've which learned. is just embarrassing it was embarrassing, frankly. It like, was. None of them accomplished anything, and Dame bounced all of them yep. in the same run. Uh, yeah, go on, though. Let's go to the next game. All right, Josh, let's get to the other L.A. team here. This happened, I believe, last Thursday or Friday. We're getting to it now, though. The Suns beat the Lakers in Game 6. They win that series 4-2. to two. Um, A couple things I just wanted to talk about. Let's go to the Suns first. And then obviously we got Lakers are more of a hot topic to talk about. We'll be talking about the Suns as we go through it. But one thing, Aiton Booker Bridges, very good young core. Yes. That is something um, we I think we kind of poked fun at how Bridges wants a big deal. 
which I think is still kind of ridiculous if he's trying to get. I I kind of I like Bridges a lot. I think he should get that kind of money. But what was, maybe the, not what like was he saying? Million. A max? Yeah, max is probably too steep. But I think he he could qualify for about. I I would give him twenty million a year. Easily. I would too. So twenty tw- even twenty five. I would go up to probably for him. He's he's a fantastic player. He sh- I'll basically shut down LeBron with Crowder for yeah. a lot of those games. Mm-hmm. It was insane. He's a terrific yeah. player. I bring this up though to say because obviously CP3's addition to this team cannot be understated. He is the reason he's part of a big reason of why they are so much better this year. But yes. he is old and when you're thinking about the future of the Suns, they do have a nice young core. So that is something to keep an eye on. My next statement to you. I think Jay Crowder is the most underrated player in the NBA. He if you just last year with the Heat I mean, I would argue that the Heat sorely, huge, big time missed him this year. Um, and I think what he did, he's just a guy who, for whatever, he's always in these big games. He's always been in them. Yeah. And we we can shit on him for when he messes up sometimes. But he's he fights. I loved how he was mocking LeBron. I always liked that. And so I think I that's just, why you think you you're you're standing him right now so hard. I think he's, he's. I mean, I think what he's <laughs> no, proved I, I, in the last I, two years. I mean, he's also been done well before, but it's he was huge in that game six against yeah. the Lakers. Well, you know who traded him away? Though? LeBron. LeBron James. Yeah. So I mean, he's got some some credible beef there, and I, I I like that. This is it's one of my favorite rivalries I think at the moment because there's not a ton of like player player. Crowder rivalries. hates him. He, he hates him. him. I respect the shit out of that. Yeah, um, no, no, I understand. Any guy that thinks they they can go toe to toe with like a, a Hall of Famer, like top ten player of all time, is is you know he's in it in my book to some yeah. degree. Mm-hmm. Except when it's Beverly, apparently people hate that. But yeah, that's a that's a different story. <laughs> that's a different story. Um, yeah. So now though, let's go to the Lakers because I do think this is a fair question to ask. What is their future looking like? Can we trust AD to stay healthy? Can the Lakers depend on him? I'm, I know I am a giant LeBron hater, and no one listens to what I say. I will start this with fuck LeBron, because I haven't said that in a while. A lot yeah, of it, It's say. become very popular to hate on LeBron now, which I'm fine with completely. I just, yeah, they're people, coming out the woodwork. People need to loss, respect yeah. the OG, though. That is me. And so <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Let me, let me handle it. Um he actually, though, no bias. I think this was the first year LeBron showed some serious signs of him actually getting older. And we, I, we haven't seen that. He's just been Superman. And it's so weird to see with LeBron because, I don't know, it just was impossible to imagine. But, I mean, Josh, am I wrong? Didn't it seem he – this was the first time it really stood out to me. What do you think? I think in these playoffs, yes, but – in the regular season, he was he was an MVP caliber player, top three player when he was. But healthy. I mean, we're and also still... we're thinking about that's the thing though. When he's healthy, this is two injuries in three years for LeBron. LeBron's never gotten hurt before ever. That's a part of this. I think that this injury was still kind of fluky though. The uh, the ankle thing like that that to me isn't like a broke down kind of injury. The groin one maybe uh, in uh, that first Lakers year. I I think yeah maybe you could. I mean, he said he would never up. be a hundred percent again. 
I that's LeBron's think words, a, not mine. He's trying to create a narrative, I think, to try to. I think he was still trying to play this down and try to get back to like you know overcoming mm-hmm. this injury and AD overcoming this injury. I think he he's a big storyteller in, in that. Yeah, respect. he's the he's fucking good. worst. He's gotten better at that uh, over time for sure. Just more um, cringy. I mean, wait, really quick though. <laughs> yeah, go on. on this topic of LeBron, this is a challenge. To everyone who listens to this podcast who loves LeBron and gets annoyed when I shit on him. How do you defend LeBron in game five, walking off the court with five minutes left in the game, not injured, just leaving while his teammates are finishing the game? I'm not trying to be dramatic. I like to shit on LeBron. I'm not cherry picking this. That is the most disrespectful thing you can possibly do to your teammates in a sporting game. Expect like It is... That was jaw-dropping how bad that is. And so that's why I fucking hate LeBron. He does this shit. That was the most obvious, but he's the king of this bullshit. And him walking off five minutes early, that is It's like you cannot defend that. It's it's terrible. I mean, I'm not this guy of, oh, the sanctity of the game. You got teamwork, sportsmanship. It goes beyond that. It's just like you're a fucking asshole dude who do you think you are to do that i've i've never seen that i've never seen that it's just i think we always talk about what a great leader he is and i dispute that he was subtweeting kevin love back in the day he's not that was bullshit and i don't i'm not i know you're not going to defend it but this is anyone who listens to this podcast how the fuck do you defend that how do you say this guy is the leader and this guy is so great and he leaves five with five minutes left in the game how do you defend that you can't that's bullshit. And so please call in, write in, tell, defend that for me, how LeBron can walk off. He, it, it's just he's a massive douchebag. Fuck LeBron. This isn't even the bias, though. Just defend that. Before you come at me of, oh, why does LeBron live in your head? He doesn't. I like to make fun of LeBron, and I'm also kind of an angry person, so I like to be upset <laughs> a lot of the time. Defend that. Defend the. I would love someone leave a voicemail criticizing me with how LeBron walking off with five minutes and left that game isn't bad. Oh, he needed to go get five minutes of extra, like, fucking, like, a Theragun thing to, like, massage. Like, fuck off. Please send it in, though, if you are disagreeing with me right now. <laughs> come at me, because I will come back at you 250 miles an hour faster. Josh, you can you defend that? You can't. No, I, is there a chance it was a potty break? Is, he is, didn't is, come is there, back. Is there a chance? He didn't yeah, come maybe, back. Yeah, maybe he was just logjammed a little bit up there. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, that's what the, I, they, they're legitimately yeah. – you're joking. LeBron yeah. fans will legitimately try say to say that. I, I don't like, know Why are you so obsessed? Dude, you're five minutes left in the game in a playoff game. You can't leave the bench. You can't leave your team. What does that say? I'm surprised he didn't address it at all, though. I'm it's not. Because he seems so – well, but he's so – what I mean is he's so into perception and and we just talked about the narratives he, he creates and does this. I'm just surprised that he didn't have like a good enough reason or excuse to to come up with like oh I was getting my ankle taped up with something mm-hmm. that that is you know somewhat defensible or something, but it, yeah I mean the way it looks like it looks like he quit on his team and even if it's he not did. the case he that's did he did quit on like. his team he did yeah it's as simple as that the other thing really quickly I'm I haven't gone yeah. at LeBron in a while and I'm gonna go at him right now yeah this is your sh- I mean, is, they is, lost. is anyone surprised that lebron hates america and isn't gonna play for in the olympics <laughs> and he's gonna play for the fucking tune squad i mean that's just he's just such a sellout such a fuck i mean he's 
I'm glad more people are seeing this because it's just the most obvious thing ever. He's become so intolerable. And I, can I, can I and all pineapple couch listeners should though? boycott the fucking Space Jam 2 movie because that's bullshit. Go, Josh. I just want to defend that one because I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I think we do need like good enough players playing the Olympics. And I think he could at least be on there as like a mentorship type role at the very least, right? Um, so that that's still lame. But the fact that he, you know, he had what, three, how many days off from the bubble playoffs and then into the regular uh, season? I'm not mad that he's not. I get why he yeah. wouldn't play in the Olympics because yeah. of the wear and tear. I'm just saying he's just such, such a fake piece of shit with the Toon Squad mm. remark and just the smugness of about it. I mean, you know what he should have done? You know, it's a huge honor to play in the Olympics, and I've enjoyed it many times, had some great memories, but... I had a three-month off lat, off season last year. I had some injuries this year. I felt yeah, and I'm old. Like you could totally be a normal human, dude. It's just he's not. I, he's incapable yeah. of it. Let's someone pull up the slideshow of LeBron walking into arenas on page one of a book, or when he tells a reporter he read a book <laughs> fifteen times and they ask him what his favorite part about it is, and he literally oh, yeah, cannot X respond. Quote. Yeah, and he, he's, he's he kind of doing the the book report. He's bullshit just, thing. Yeah. He's it's a good clip. It, it's yeah. Just, I really he's want He's a weird guy. Who, he's a, oh, yeah, and that's fine. He's but a I'm weird saying, guy. People who – you there is a certain section of the internet, Josh, where you can't criticize LeBron at all. It's like, oh, my God, we, we just suck LeBron's dick constantly. And I just really want anyone who feels that way, of they always defend LeBron, defend the five minutes thing. You can come on the pineapple couch. Defend it. Explain it to me how that's not bad. And don't tell me he had to take a fucking shit. God <laughs> damn. Schroeder, on another note, we'll go off the bong. Schroeder should have taken that deal in the regular season because yeah, he, he does not deserve Fred Van Fleet money. And yeah, I mean, that money's not going to be there. Is it from, safe from to say Reggie Lakers. Jackson outplayed uh, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder in that's the playoffs? A good, that's a good point. You're, you're <laughs> like, absolutely fucking right. Who'd have thought? Who'd yeah, have I certainly thought? wouldn't. Yeah, I man, I fuck Dennis Schroeder, dude. He He just seems like... He just doesn't seem like a great teammate, but that's just again that's from afar. That's just from what I've seen. But like I, this like a big me guy, like a big. I'm gonna just take a bad shot because I haven't gotten a shot in a bit, something like that. Yes, you know, you know what I've really enjoyed though, and this is probably gonna wrap us up on the Lakers here. Is uh, the Lakers fans? (laughs) Sorry, keep going. (laughs) The Lakers fans posing all the fake trades are are fucking hilarious. Like, I don't even know if they're serious, half of them. But Yeah, like, they think they can trade like, Taylor Horton Tucker for Tucker Damian Lillard. For Damian Lillard. It's, it's like Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Quadwell Pope, <laughs> and Taylor Horton yeah. Tucker and for Damian Lillard. The, the last Maybe thing, Luka Doncic. Jesus. And the other thing about how they, like, there's like a bunch of articles that came out, like, in the beginning of this series and before the playoffs of how Andre Drummond is, like, a long-term thing. Like, they want yeah. to re-sign him. Don't. <laughs> he sucks. It, it, no, you, I think the Lakers you not playing Gasol <laughs> until starting him pretty, until yeah. like I mean it was just it was bad. Frank Vogel, I mean though, here I will credit LeBron here. Frank Vogel is not some great coach. They won last year because they had LeBron and AD. Yeah, Frank and Vogel playoff Rondo. Sh- playoff Rondo, Rondo was huge for that team. Honestly, he just kept that mentality. I mean, it's it's LeBron and Rondo kind of forcing the, these guys yeah. to take this seriously. And they did. I mean, fuck. And and also an AD health stretch is if you get AD healthy for for you know twenty games of the playoffs. I mean, you can beat anybody on any given night. I mean, it's it's insane. It's just, are we at the? Can we trust Davis? 
I will say I called I've called Davis up really, really quick. I've called him a pussy a bunch. Um, I mean, you saw Charles Barkley call him Anthony Street Clothes Davis. I thought that was funny. He yeah. his groin injury was legit, and credit to him. I mean, he he show he I, tried as much as he could. So I do I don't like that he he kind of got bullied into he did he totally game. got and, he got bullied into and that. that's. Like that, it shouldn't have to come to that point. Is what I'm saying. Where like I, we should somewhat accept some guys' injuries are just too severe. It, like I've, I mean, I guess he hasn't given us any other evidence to prove otherwise that he is a guy that can play through these kind of injuries. So maybe it's good to see from Davis. But I kind of just wish he just. I mean, like in some ways, maybe he doesn't play. I mean, because you see him go out again in Game Six, and that's probably just just heartbreaking as a Laker teammate. I'm sure fan yeah. even you just lose all morale um but but yeah no i i agree i think that showed a lot of toughness and i'm um, more toughness than i think lebron showed in that game for sure um but i think he knew they were losing and he just kind of gave up which also is shitty because i was waiting to see a physical lebron game where he just yeah, went for 40 it, and it was weird those, the first half he was just kind of taking those long threes and wasn't getting yeah, I know because like you saw him a couple of times in the fourth quarter. He's still like if he wanted to put his shoulder down and go to the basket, it's still almost impossible to guard him when he does that. We just didn't see yes. it that much, so I don't know. I just I, I don't, don't know think, if it's him I giving don't up. Think he's or, healthy. I, I don't I, think he's a hundred. LeBron James said himself he will never be a hundred percent healthy again. And so that's credit to him. That, he's such a hero. Yeah. Um, you know what? He tells it as it is. This guy. He's, Seriously though, if you want to defend the walking off with five minutes thing. Please reach out to me. But um, re- real quick, can we just talk about how how fucking good the Suns team are? Is because it's, oh, the it's Suns team is fucking only, loaded. I, it's not only a Lakers loss; it's it's a what, big Suns win. It's a big Jeez. Suns win, and the Suns are good. The Jazz are good. I mean, this is going a little bit ahead, but I mean, the finals are being played right now. Yeah, these are these are the best series. The I think. the Bucks Nets are the two best teams in the league, in my opinion. Not really yeah. that close. Like I think those two teams are far and ahead. Of everyone else, I think the I think Clippers. The Clippers they I can, think they're they can the third. Rise. I have them. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna beat. I think the Clippers have a better shot of beating Milwaukee. Or I don't know. I don't know. Milwaukee, it's really tough. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. Okay. They don't play well against Milwaukee either. I don't know why. They just they just seem to always get last second fucked over by by some Giannis drive, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's incredible. It's, it's really go on though. Okay, so Blazers lose to Nuggets in six games. It's tough. Um, Terry Stotts fired after, I mean, he was there for 10 yeah. years. Like, all of Lillard's career. All of Lillard's career, yeah. Um, and Dame sent out a little cryptic message on Instagram about how he might not be too happy. It's kind of the first thing we've ever heard of Dame ever complain. But, I mean, I also think it's very fair for Dame to complain because they have just done such a shit job his entire career surrounding him with talent. The and this, I'm curious what you think about this, Josh. Them not trading CJ McCollum in the last two or three years is one of the like dumbest front office things that's been going on. Those two, you don't need CJ McCollum with Lillard. He, you need a better defender there. And it's just, I don't know, it's just so obvious to me. And I feel like other people, like, I wouldn't, that's not the future. Now his value is nothing compared to what it was. Yes. But Dame, Dame, I think was the one that was you know pushing to keep him first of all. Yeah, I think he he ran a you lot. You need of to be a GM though. You need to be a yes. GM and say, hey, Dame, For sure. you're great. Like you, Neil O'Shea, I, I believe is their GM. I don't think I think he's. I wouldn't go yes, at Stotts. Yes. I I would go at Neil O'Shea. Yeah, 
Yeah, the Covington trade is also kind of a rough one looking back now if they're not going to get out of the first round. I still really like Covington, but we kind of differ there. I know. I mean, yeah, but, I just um, why has he played on so many teams if he's so good? I'm not you're not saying he's so good. I know you like him, but he's just Yeah. I just he's think just he's really You're right. You're right. I just think he's like he's just one of those like Swiss army pieces, I think. And a lot of the teams he was on weren't very competitive for as long as they should have been, I guess. It's like the Rockets, you know, fell apart even before that. It was Mm-hmm. He should have stayed on the Sixers, but they went all in for the Jimmy Butler trade, and then Minnesota had no use for him there. So, you know, like I think it's kind of unlucky where he's landed. Yeah. I think he is like a pretty big, he's he's a pretty big cog for for a lot of these playoff teams. I think, but going back to the CJ thing, you're right though. I I just don't think you can let Dame really dictate these things, especially because it's you know like I, you know, he doesn't know as much as you know Neil. You think if you asked Steph Curry in 2011. Just like, hey, should we trade Monte Ellis? No player, for the most part, is gonna say, "Yeah, get rid of this guy I practice and work with every day." You're right. I you think they were, they were terrified. They were terrified he was gonna leave, like Lamarcus Aldridge. I, I think something like that. You just want to make him as happy as possible because Portland's still not as big of a market as these LA's, New York's, you know, Texas's. Except New York, I already said New York, but. Yeah, I, I just think it's one of those kind of cases where they're just terrified that he's going to leave and they just want to make him as happy as possible. And I think when they are, when everything's clicking, I, they're they're almost as good as anybody, but they still seem to be a notch below. I, and the question I'd say is, what, what CJ trades out there, though, that you actually I like? I don't think there's, like, I don't think there is one. I don't think CJ has that much value. I really don't. Yeah. You know what's one trade I've thought about, and I I just like to apologize before I say this to my good friend Joseph Rinaldi, great man, big Blazers fan, big fan of the podcast. I might text you this: the most obvious trade theoretically in the NBA is Ben Simmons and picks for Dame Lillard. Wow. Holy it shit! It is just to me, it's just glaringly obvious that that is the move that should be made. And I mean, honestly, I just, like, obviously you're getting rid of Dame if you're Portland, but you've proven for 10 years you can't put a team around this guy. So you restart with Simmons and some picks, and I think Simmons is, I mean, yeah, he struggles shooting. I still think he could be a superstar if you surround him like the Bucks have tried to do with Giannis and stuff like that. I think the Dame for Simmons and picks trade, maybe throwing a another player, I don't know. I think that's the trade that is waiting to happen in the NBA. I just don't think it happens unless Dame asks out. Still, like, that's, that's not. And, I but he did the inter- he never has complained in that Instagram cryptic post. We've never seen that from him. Yeah, he scored yeah, fifty five points in a playoff game and lost. That's tough. Yeah, he he had like what the highest shooting numbers. True, he broke shooting. the three point record. Broke the three-point record. Yeah, it, one of the greatest performances I think I've seen uh, in a single-player single playoff game. Uh, and, it, and it still came up in a loss. I just – I don't think it's there yet. I, I And also, like, I don't – Simmons, I feel, kind of took a step down offensively this last half of the season that I kind of don't love. And it's something that really worries me. He had You're John right. Collins You're on right. NBA. You are right. He didn't Can do I counter? shit. Can I counter, though? You're right. Sure. Ben Simmons needs a year not in the spotlight. 
Ben Simmons needs a year on a shitty team where they can just, where he is the guy they depend on and he can work out these kinks and try this stuff out because he's on such a good team right now that it's not the time for Ben Simmons to be testing stuff if he's not 100. Like, they're trying to win the title. Yeah. Ben Simmons is a young player who's, I think, still developing. And because the Sixers have just kind of trust the process and beaten him, kind of blew up so quickly with all these expectations, he hasn't been allowed to to try and fail, if that yeah, makes sense. Flourish. Yeah, he hasn't been allowed to really spread his wings. Yeah, and, like, and, and make mistakes and learn from sometimes. them. Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. I just I don't know like I if you would have asked me this a year ago not necessarily for Dame necessarily but yeah I would have I would have been all in but there's some some things I just don't love about Ben Simmons right now at this point I think that's fair I think that's fair that I I just think that it's like it's hard we're like now I I think that James Harden trade is is ridiculous still I mean mean, that was ridiculous at the time I don't understand how that didn't happen yeah, also I, I though equally agree. ridiculous of the Rockets to yes. go the Brooklyn way. Yeah. What? No, I mean yeah. he gave in to what he wanted. It's it's ridiculous and you got nothing to show for it, but that's that's an off-season conversation probably. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't know. I think Portland, I don't know if they can run it back exactly, but I still think if Nurkic doesn't foul out, you know, three of those games, uh, Jokic owns that dude. It's unreal. He does. He does. Owns him. Nurkic makes some dumbass fouls too. It's unreal. He, does. he looks frustrated. If he gets rid of those like little yeah. like brain farts, I guess. I think he'd be more effective. But it's tough. So Josh, though, I think last thing though is yeah. I would love to see Draymond on this Portland. Not to take him away from you, but just a Draymond type player. Fuck you. A Draymond type player is what no, I mean. Fuck you. Sorry. I don't Draymond's mean to Draymond exactly. Goddamn Portland. God He's damn absolutely it, not. You're right. You're absolutely right. But I just would love to see Dame play off of like a true secondary. <sighs> Folks, I have to deal with this primary. guy all the time. It's unbelievable. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't necessarily mean Draymond. Trying to train my boy Draymond Green. Oh, you don't want Draymond. Oh, oh, you're too good for Draymond now. I'm just saying I, Golden State would never tra- do this deal ever. Thank but you. I'm just saying like a Draymond like an yeah. exact <laughs> carbon copy of Draymond. Yeah, we'll take uh, the, the Warriors aren't trading Draymond for Rocco or Zach Collins. Um, but I see what you mean. That type of player, yeah, yeah they do need that. And for a yeah. while it was hinted at with the Blazers because Kevin Love's from Oregon that that could be it. But yeah. I don't think that's it's the still, move. I think it's still going to happen. And I, I think, think it could happen. happen. I don't think it's what takes Portland over the edge, though. No, probably not. But they're they're a buyout, I think, for that. They they do need size though, because after that was the thing is after Nurkic, it was fucking after Their Rondé draft Collins picks of the last couple of years just have not hit. Nasir yeah. Little, Zach Collins Zach hasn't Collins. played in like three years. Yeah, it's the just fuck tough. is up with that. It's tough. Um, let's talk All about right. the game that was today. Hawks beat the 76ers, one twenty eight, one twenty four. <sighs> the Hawks. Let, let me tell you guys their shooting numbers. The Hawks go 20 for 47 on threes, break their team playoff record, and the Sixers go 10 for 29. The Hawks go 20 out of 21 from the line. The Sixers go 24 for 35. Folks, that's why they the Sixers lost. That's But we'll go to the rest. That's why, though, what I just said. That is how the game was lost. Trey Young, I mean, goddamn, Trey Young is having a playoffs that is such a statement and I mean, I was I I tweeted this. I was wrong about Trey Young. I didn't see this future. But honestly, though, Josh, credit to me for being so humble to admit I was wrong. <laughs> it's just huge. I'm just that guy. Credit to me. Credit to me there. 
Trey Young. You're practically Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus. It's, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. I'm the best podcast host and the most humble podcast in the history it's, of the host in the history of the world. I'll uh, put that on award for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll get as a long, plaque. Along Huge with plaque. never underestimate a good horn section. Um, mm-hmm. Trey Young, though, 35 and 10. Bogdan, 21 points. Collins, 21 points. A vintage Embiid game, 39, 4, and 9. He hobbled. does look – he's a little hobbled, but he looked healthier than I expected. Same. No, I agree. I he was really worried. Look, I thought it would be a he, Davis-type scenario maybe. He always runs kind of weirdly, though, you know? Like, just oh, he yeah. always looks like Luke he's like a the 50 same. Year old They man. both kind of right. like – Yeah. It's like, oh, are they hurt? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Simmons. He was great, though, for sure. 17 points, 10 assists. Good press by uh, Simmons and I think it was Thibel at the end of that game to make yeah, it close. Him or those Green. two defensively. And Danny Green played insane. really well. Like that's just an insane. Couldn't the, hit a the shot. Philadelphia seventy sixers press is very gnarly. <laughs> yeah, I I just still think though you want to see a more aggressive Simmons game if you have Z- fucking John Collins on him. And that was the thing is he was matched up with him most of the second half. He didn't do much. He was he was very passive with that. And that's something I'd like to see exposed because John mm. Collins is not a good defender. In fact, he's probably one of the worst defenders at the four I position. I called him a Timberwolf position. like a, a week <laughs> or two ago. Here, uh, Really quick, yeah. two plays happened tonight that I just think we need to call out. Joel Embiid is so talented that I think we just need to like recognize it sometime. Yes. That lob he threw to, him, uh, to Simmons just really so good. casually. Really good. My God. Just a center doing that is unreal. And then, I mean, what upstaged that, though? That Trey Young to John Collins dunk. Oh, the end? At the end? Or, yeah. Oh, my fucking God. What John, a fucking. What in the reaction? Punctuation. The yeah. Hawks are making a huge statement in this playoffs, and I'm here for it. I am here for it. Uh, let's go through a little more of the numbers, though, Josh. Tobias sure. Harris gets you 20 points, 10 rebounds. Seth Curry, another 21. Um,. Here's the thing, though. The 76ers almost come back from, like, a 15 to 20-point deficit. The Hawks, we mentioned their three-point shooting numbers, their free-throw numbers. It, it almost seems like that's, like, the perfect game for the Hawks. Yeah. And they only won by four. And the Sixers didn't figure out things really till that fourth quarter. So as we're looking forward in this series, Josh, that is, I think, something to keep in mind. I think the, I wasn't taking the Hawks seriously going into this. Yeah, as much as I probably should have, but I do think, I mean, I'm not, I don't think that today's game says like, oh, this is going seven, oh, the Hawks be favored. I still would say Philadelphia in five or six. Again, I will admit when I'm wrong if Trey Young d- proves me wrong, but I mean, it's just like the perfect Hawks game, Josh. You know, yeah, it's a four point game. I think Philly in the second half they came back and they seem to be figured some shit out i think they they Mm -hmm. made trey very uncomfortable and he didn't have nearly as good of a game and since the first half they were they were trapping him constantly ben simmons was was the primary defender for most of it and i think if you get a full game of that i i think that's going to be almost impossible to overcome so i still kind of like philly in this series yeah but i mean still you mentioned still do it you mentioned Mm -hmm. this earlier so credit to you here Mm -hmm. joan beat eight capella did yeah, like, and people oh my love God. Capella. Yeah, he like, offensive it was and defensively. It was embarrassing just, just a couple plays demolished. of how Capella tried to guard him. And I'm not like trying to shit on Capella too much, but Joel Embiid literally just alphaed him a couple times where it was like Joel didn't even look like he was trying. So, yeah, 
That's yeah, a worry Dwight for them. The rest should of the be able to fuck both their bigs up if they yeah, can get they Dwight on the floor. If if they can keep him on the floor, but he was terrible today. Werder played well today too. I think he had like 15, 16 points. Oh, so Herder. Yeah, Herder. Werder. <laughs> you know, I whatever. Know, I, li- I like Werder. <laughs> it's definitely Herder. I don't know where I got Werder. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little mix I've of Dion Waiters and Kevin Horder. <laughs> I've been a herder defender, but he he made some he made some bonehead plays. Him and him and Bogdan down the stretch. I think. Do you know who the the Hawks shit. GM when they drafted Kevin Herder? Do you know who they compared him to? Wasn't it like Clay Thompson or something? It was yeah. Clay yeah. Thompson. It was well, literally was, like this guy will be the next Clay Thompson. I was like, here's settle why, down. Though. He looks good, but they're trying because to rebuild they, Golden State. That's why exactly. It's because they they're like we got our Steph Curry and and Trey. Yeah, John Collins got our Draymond and John Collins defense is Draymond. That's spot on. <laughs> and then and then we got our Clay Thompson. Now we yeah. just need to sign our Kevin Durant, which I guess is what I guess Gallinari. Or I mean, or we haven't seen it yet. Maybe it'll yeah, be maybe. Uh, Tobias Harris or some shit. Who knows? Um, oh, but man. on a serious note, I the, when the Hawks were doing, when they were saying they're recreating this Warriors type thing, obviously it's laughable to compare Herder to Thompson. It's pretty but <laughs> I will say they have proved me wrong, and they have built something very nice here. Very nice. I like DeAndre Hunter. I, 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 I like too. what they're doing going forward. Trey Young has proved that. He can deliver on a big stage, so I think that's important. Josh, do you have anything else on Hawks 76ers before we go to Nets Bucks? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll see Capella if he can just be a little bit better than because that was that was a terrible for. I didn't like yeah, anything so I saw from tough. Capella. So tough, um, so tough. And if I guess if we'll see if the Hawks are going to be competitive in the series, it's their three point shooting. It's Bogdan, Herder, Young, just and Gallinari, obviously, mm-hmm. just lighting it up. That's really going to be the only way they stay into it. Yep, yep. Okay, let's go Nets beat Bucks. Uh, they beat the Bucks 115 to 107 yesterday, Saturday. Uh, I'll go a little stats for you guys before we dive in. On the Nets side, KD, 29 points, 10 rebounds. Kyrie, 25 points, 8 assists. Blake Griffin with 18 points, 14 rebounds, and some big hustle plays, diving on the ground. Mm-hmm. This dude is working his ass off. It, it. I know you have mixed feelings about Blake, Josh, as a Clippers fan, but... Seeing a former superstar like Blake, who I just have, I am, I'm a Blake Griffin fan. I think he's a funny guy, a cool guy. Some people don't. Seeing him embrace his new role of being that guy who's doing the dirty work, diving on the ground, is awesome to see. And I'll also say that specific play we're talking about, Bobby Portis just straight up started punching him. And yeah. I don't understand how that just got kind of looked over. It was like, whoa, whoa. He's just... Blake was getting pissed, you could tell, and KD kind of shrugged his shoulders like, what the fuck's going on here? Portis got the ball taken away and just straight up started throwing punches at it. It was insane. I kind of, I kind of, I've a, I, I kind of like Bobby Portis though. I just think he's like the dirtiest, one of the dirtiest players that's like left in the playoffs. Like, uh, yeah, he's I also maybe he's... the stupidest. <laughs> Potentially. He, Bobby Portis he, he, is the type of guy the Bucks could be up by like two with a half second left in game seven of the NBA finals, and there's literally no way they could lose. And Bobby Portis would just run on the court and punch somebody, and they'd get like a technical foul and lose the playoffs that way. He's, he's the guy unhinged. that punched. He punched Miritich, didn't he? When yeah, he was he on Chicago. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, there you go. Broke his teammate's jaw. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's and the kind of shit you could do. The Bulls completely shunned him post that. They Hilarious. Like, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. 
And the Bulls were a shit show. My, my comment on Bobby Portis is Bobby Portis is probably a giant piece of shit if he punched his <laughs> own teammate. Like, and just all the stuff we heard. I know Jordan and Kerr went or, at it that one time. But Bobby Portis just seems like, oh, fuck or, being around that guy. Or is he just a very passionate dude that cares a lot about basketball and yeah, winning well, and just can't stand losing? He, I would accept that point <laughs> if he did anything that I'm helped kidding. a basketball team win. I'm joking. I know. You're right. I know yeah, you if are. he was more impactful. I just yeah. I just love the fact you can paint like any narrative you want oh, yeah. and you I think can. it's just you can. hilarious. Again. Uh, um let me biggest go story though. Stats. Joe Harris yeah. 19 points. Harden does leave with an injury though, Josh, and he's not going to be in game 2. We'll get to that impact of that in a second. But let's look at the Bucks here. Um Giannis 34 points, 11 rebounds. Drew Holiday 17 points, 6 assists, 9 rebounds. Middleton only 13 points, a little worrisome if you're a Bucks fan, but 13 rebounds as well. Credit to him. Brooke Lopez Six put up 19 though. points. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the Middleton thing we've, we've hinted at over the years of him in the playoffs. I will say I would have gone a lot harder at him for that 6 of 23 performance, but the fact that he got 13 rebounds and he was just working yeah. and fighting like that, if you're having an off shooting night, that happens. That's the only. That's what you ask of a player is they can do that. You hope going forward we can get more out of him though, because we're mm-hmm. looking at what the Nets put up without Harden. I mean, Jesus, they had five guys who scored more than Milton. Yeah, can't have that. Yeah. Um. So my question to you, to you, Josh, excuse me, is how will Harden's injury affect the rest of this series? Do you think that this plays a massive role, or do you like the Nets either way? I, I kind of don't think it matters. That's fucking honestly. crazy, isn't that? That's insane. James Harden's that like might a top be their, seven player in the league. He's their second matter. best player on that team too, and I don't, I don't know if it matters. And that's crazy because it didn't matter before, even if because, I mean, listen, you hope the Bucks can can provide enough defense to slow those three guys down, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. But even then, though, I don't think even if the Bucks played a perfect game for seven whatever four games let's say let's do this first four games i think they could still get swept if those guys are just fucking amazing okay let me go in on that because i will to your credit i will agree in one point of if kd is in his bag there's no one in the world who could beat them kd in his bag is the best player in the league right now i think that's very acceptable to say like kd he is the best player in the nba right now when he is going but while i don't want to count out the bucks even though they've given me reasons to count them out in past playoff performances, they need to just play a grit-and-grind, rough-you-up type game. And I think that's the recipe for this Bucks team, and um, that's how they would beat this uh, uh, Nets team. Uh, that We got the Connor, or what's the, with Mayweather, Logan Paul starting Logan right now, Paul. Josh? I think so. That's that's what I was. I just didn't want to keep you longer. I don't have it pulled up at the moment. But all right. Well, we'll, we'll wrap it up then because we're about about an hour, and I'm gonna go watch whatever yeah. fight this is. Uh, we'll we'll end it at this. I I'm, I'm with you. The hardened injury might not even impact this series, but I, I got I want these Bucks to prove something this playoffs. I do too. So very I'm much. So. I'm rooting for them. I am. Jazz Clippers prediction. Who's the winner? Fastball. I think the Clippers handle it. I have Clippers I, it's, it's, in six. That's kind of what I want to say, but they're just going to do some stupid shit, and I just hope it doesn't resolve in four losses at the end of things because they they've really they threw away game five in Dal- uh, in in L.A. against Dallas, and that was just such a bad 
bad fucking play at the end of the game that they're just going to have like four of those in this jazz series and you're just mm-hmm. going to have to accept it. Yep. But yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go Clippers, but goddamn it's going to be really I, I don't I don't love it. I don't love it. Last thing, Suns Nuggets series prediction. You go first and then I might surprise you. I don't think so. I think I think I'm going to go Nuggets in 7. God damn it, I have Nuggets yeah. in seven as well. We're on the same page. Jokic is just, just a different animal, that's bro. That's what it is, is. I think if Michael Porter Jr. shoots the lights out like he did in like three of those games, I just think Jokic is going to be too much to handle for... I mean, I mm-hmm. thought the same thing about Anthony Davis and, I, and Drummond for Aiden, but I think Jokic is just a completely different beast that can beat you five different ways, and one of those ways is probably going to work. Yeah. is how I feel like. And, I'm with you. I just, I, this Nuggets team is special. Size. If if the thing, but I I hope Aiden proves me wrong. I hope he does. Nuggets win the title if Murray doesn't go out. I know that is my that is my thinking, but um that's what we're dealing with. I do think I will take the Nuggets in that. I um, one thing I do think we're maybe inflating Austin Rivers and Monte Morris for having like a good enough series again because I think they did inflating Rivers. Morris is legit. I I like Morris a lot. For the it's just, dude, I just, I just think Jokic is, uh, he just makes these plays like that. He had this one pass to wrap up on in this Blazers game where they had oh, uh, yeah. Porter or someone cut in to draw the defender like a half step, and Jokic hit this crazy cost yeah. port over the head pass to the guy in the corner. It lobbed yeah, perfectly it was, over. He's just, he's be- two inches above the fingertips beautiful to watch. of Covington. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right, Josh, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, Stay tuned, everyone, though. Peter Gonzalez will be joining. We're going to do a little series preview for Loki. And right now, Josh and I are going to go try and watch this boxing match. And I'll leave the listeners and Josh with this question. Why the fuck can't they just put boxing on TV? I don't want to pay for it. So I'm going to spend 30 minutes trying to find a... I've been trying to find a fake stream or whatever right now. Because, Jesus Christ, half the time your things just end in 30 seconds. I'm not going to pay for that shit. All right, that's this has been the NBA section of today's pod of the Pineapple Couch, episode 101. Josh Bilker, I love you, my friend. I love you too, man. All right, uh, stay tuned. We'll see you guys in a minute. All right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Uh, we got a great segment here. Uh, we're going to be talking about the upcoming Loki series that premieres this Tuesday night at midnight on Disney+. Plus. Most of you normal people will probably watch it on Wednesday. As for me and the person that will be co-hosting this with me, we will watch it on Tuesday night. Very excited to talk some Loki. I'm very excited to talk about it with my good friend, Peter Gonzalez. Peter, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm excited to dive into this next Disney Plus series. I mean, Disney Plus has been on a roll, so I have mm-hmm. good expectations for what's to come. Yeah, and so off of that, here's what I will say. I have enjoyed WandaVision and The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. I enjoy most Marvel properties, though, so I'm not going to lie and say there haven't been parts of both that I wish they did a little better or it was like, I don't know a little more impactful like for example doctor strange not showing up in wandavision and some other stuff that was in falcon and the winter soldier but i think i like them both though but i do see some of the flaws this loki one i think will deliver on every aspect of what we wanted with wandavision and what we wanted with falcon and the winter soldier and just kind of really give us that impactful 
Disney Plus show. I know WandaVision was impactful, but I think that we'll see maybe this, the effects of this in this show. I don't know. I just have very high hopes for this. Should I put them, should I put them down a bit, Peter? No, I think it's good to have those hopes because if you're a Marvel nerd like both of us, then you're mm-hmm. aware that the writer, the writer behind this show, Loki, is also the man that decided that is was tasked with doing the rewrites for Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Mm. So there's definitely um, conversation that Marvel has within its stable of like, you're making this movie, but this one's been done by this person. Have those conversations. Let's figure out how to have continuity. So I was reading a great article that he is very passionate about doing this show. And he's excited mm-hmm. for these to be very, they're six standalone episodes, but because you have a week, it has so much to unpack within each episode that does connect to the overarching theme of the show. And I think this show is one that is similar to Falcon and the Winter Soldier and that we will get a couple of seasons. And it makes sense mm-hmm. to have a few seasons where this show can play in. Interestingly enough, though, where does this show, is this show take place right after Endgame? Or when does this kind of take place? Similar to how Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision do connect to Endgame. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see how this plays in there, seeing as this is a different Loki. Yeah, and I mean, off of that, I would not be surprised if the first scene of this Loki show is literally maybe three or five, se- three to five seconds from Endgame of him disappearing with the Tesseract in that alternate branch reality. And it also, I had been reading like six months ago, it had not been confirmed and they were kind of acting like Loki and Doctor Strange really won't connect that much, which made zo- no sense to me because Multiverse of Madness is Doctor Strange and obviously with the different timelines that loki is on that obviously affects the multiverse so i'm glad that it's going to have some some stuff that like correlates with one another and i think that this gives us a high chance of perhaps seeing loki maybe mobius played by owen wilson in doctor strange multiverse madness i think that's i mean because we don't have a traditional avengers movie on deck for this phase currently it is highly possible that this that these movies are going to be more more characters per each one, as opposed to the traditional, like, you have your movie, you do your movie, and then we get together after so many movies. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting way of, you can, which is a complaint that I, we talked about before, where it's like, if this is happening in, say, New York, why aren't there more people here to, take, to figure this problem out? Why are these heroes not coexisting outside of Avengers movies? So I think this is a great opportunity for that coexisting to happen in a very organic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm quite excited for it. So what we're going to do on this podcast is this is going to be our preview. We're going to do every week we will be breaking down Loki. I actually like this new release time because we'll get it at Tuesday night rather than Thursday night. So what, what we're going to do is Tuesday night, Peter and I are going to watch it. We're going to rewatch it on Wednesday, give you guys time to watch it, and then we're going to be putting out pods every Thursday of our breakdowns of Loki episodes as well. And we're going to be putting them on YouTube as well, like we did with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. So go subscribe on there. But today for the pod, what we're going to do is a preview. So we're going to go through Loki's past appearances in the MCU and kind of like how we got here. Let's sum it up. And then we'll talk about the series, maybe some theories that we have, talk about our favorite Loki performances in the MCU, because, I mean, he's been in some some very, very good movies in the MCU. A lot of the ones, I mean, Ragnarok is maybe the best solo one, in my opinion, and he is a big part of that. So, but And we, we do talk, we have talked about Ragnarok several times throughout the podcast. If you've been joining us for several episodes, you know mm-hmm. that it 
comes up quite a bit when we talk about things in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, shout out Taika Waititi because it sounds like Thor Love and Thunder just wrapped production and filming and I have very high hopes for that movie. So, which we will see Loki in. But before we get to that, we're going to summarize what he's been doing. Peter, how about you do me the honor and let's start with how we met Loki in Thor 1 in 2010? 2011. 2011, wow. 10 years ago. That's wild. That's quite wild. So Loki first comes out. We are obviously introduced to, it's in the Thor movie, Thor 1. And everything takes place being in Asgard, you know? Loki is Thor's brother. And he wants to the throne as well. I think that's one of his main motivations from the beginning. It's like, he does fight alongside his brother. But... He still, he wants to be the main MVP. He wants the glory. He wants the throne. It's just not in the cards for him to automatically get that. And I think that's, that friction, again, is what I think the MCU does so well, having someone who is super close to you, in this case, brother, in quotation marks, who is, you're going to become your enemy, front of me throughout the MCU course. But we do find out in this particular movie that there's more to Loki than meets the eye and when it comes to being Thor's brother. Do you want to kind of open up why I yeah. say that? So Lo- Loki is half frost giant. And Yod- or Odin goes and takes him from Jotunheim. And so there's always, like you're talking about the rift between Thor and Loki. It starts there because he's not fully Asgardian. He is part Asgardian, but he is part frost giant which is kind of used in viewed in that movie as a big negative he's not as like i don't want to sound like isn't it kind of don't you get the vibe it's like kind of like harry potter it's like he's not a pure blood he's like a a mug a mud blood i believe full disclaimer i've never seen a harry potter movie never seen harry potter well i think now when you were disappointed about me with knives out i'm completely off the t- I, I am so good right now so wow have you read the books? No. Oh, Peter, 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 Peter. I'm glad, to, I'm glad to give you this one. I'm glad to give you yeah, this moment. It's good. I've been, I like forgot your name was Peter after calling you Peter for an entire podcast. And I saw Knives Out late. So this is a big moment for me. I will revel in that. But with this, Peter, it's the... It's like an infer- inferior complex or something with Loki and Inferi- Thor. Yeah. And Thor is, though, like what in Thor 1, he's not ma- very mature. He's very, wants to just go fight recklessly. And so he gets cast off to Earth. And we find out that Loki is doing some shit. And he comes and he sends the, what is that? Is it that the Eliminator or the Destro- Destroyer? The Destroyer, which is that like unbeatable robot. That's and he sends that after Thor. Out of space. Yeah. And so you can carry on from there. And I think another point is interesting that, yes, Odin does take Loki from the Frost Giants, correct? Mm-hmm. Frost. Yeah. Yodin and I think because his goal is that he wants to have a way of brokering peace in the future. It's like if I have Loki and I'm raising him side by side with Thor, theoretically, when they get older, I will say, hey, you're really a Frost Giant. So, like, you guys have lived in harmony. We're all going to be good. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen Does not. because, as you said, he sends the destroyer to get him because during this time, Odin has fallen into Odin's Odin sleep. Odin's sleep, yeah. Odin's he sleep. needs to recharge. 
<laughs> which sounds quite restful at the time. But during this time, Loki lets in kind of essentially Lafay, Le- is that his name? Yeah, uh, the, the bad his, da- his real dad. Yeah, his real dad, theoretically, to come in and he tells him, you know what? He's asleep. You can go kill him and I get the throne and a story. However, Loki, in traditional Loki fashion, ends up double crossing his biological dad killing him to now say he saved Odin's life and be in Odin's good graces for like, look, I'm worthy of the throne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, 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 mis- the God of mischief never fails to double cross people. It's his thing. He can do it a hundred times in the MCU. And the great thing about the character Loki and the performance by Hiddleston is it's great every single time. It really never gets old. Um, and yeah, and so that that's our first impression of Loki, right? We get that Thor one experience. You really get the full Loki experience because yes, he does save Odin, but then he's kind of called out immediately for sending the destroyer. So he kind of like doesn't really win, and it's just cl- that classic Loki. He's kind of like he's just that schemer that always gets caught in the end, no matter how good or how hard he tries. And so that brings us to Avengers. Well, we will hold up though, because at the end of this one, there is that whole scene on the bridge where oh, yeah. Loki essentially lets go because he says, "I didn't get the approval in the end. I'm I'm never going to get enough. Peace out," and drops into the middle of nowhere, apparently dying for the first time in yeah. the MCU, which now sets us up for Avengers One where we see the formation of the Avengers, and we see Loki get caught. We see Thor meet Iron Man and Cap, and we also get uh, that great scene between Loki and Black Widow, where it's very, uh, honestly, with Black Widow coming out, it's kind of like a a very great Easter egg to look back on. Like, is all you, how are you going to erase all that red, is what Loki says to Scarlett uh, Johansson, Black Widow. And um, we might get the answer to that question of what is that red in the upcoming Black Widow movie. Who knows? And, I mean, yeah, this is Avengers 1. Loki teams up with the Chitari. He's got the uh, Tesseract. He's going to take over New York. He opens a portal from space. He's got the troops from Thanos. Thanos is this is the first attack, really, of Thanos in the MCU. And... Loki's doing really well, and it's he's like it's this classic Loki. Look, he looks like he's gonna win, but then we get some great teamwork with a capital T from the Avengers, and eventually Loki is thwarted. We get a great scene between Loki and Thor, a great scene between Loki and Iron Man, and obviously an all-time scene with Hulk and Loki where he just beats the living shit out of Loki. We also, though, I, I forgot to say, Loki does really mind control a lot in this movie. Uh, we see it with done with Hawkeye, and we who else? He it's it's uh, Doctor Eric Solvang, Selvig, yes. Selvig. I think it's Selvig. Oh. Yeah, we'll go with that. Fact checkers, yes, let yes, us yes. know. Um, and we also though, Loki kills Coulson, and that's what really brings the Avengers together. And so eventually Loki is thwarted. But I mean, this is. An all-time villain performance. I think when we did the villains draft, we both had it at number one, right? We did. We did. And I think because, again, that he is very much... It's interesting, too, Go if you compare this to Endgame, which we'll get to, it's like right now he's working for Thanos. Thanos is like, yo, go get me. Tesseract, yeah. go do this. 
I'm giving you this power so you can get it for me. And Loki's really leaning into the villain side of himself. Yeah. He's it's like, like Ronan. Oh, I'm gonna. It's an earlier yeah. version of this Ronan thing. It's a very good point. And yeah, uh, I think it's just there is so many great as you talk about scenes, including like that one after the whole Hulk, Hulk beat down where he looks up and it's all the Avengers looking at him. That's one of the greatest scenes, you know, mm-hmm. to see. And again, he just causes all these problems and um, he has his staff, which obviously plays a role in, in future movies, which is, um, mm-hmm. we'll touch upon that. But I think it is a very solid, you have a villain, theoretically, moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's cool that they did him in Avengers 1 because in the comic books, he is the OG villain of the Avengers. I have that old one, and it's really cool to read. And the Loki comic book costume is just so fire. I I don't care if people think it's cheesy with the horns and all that stuff. The Loki costume is so sick. Let's now jump into Dark World. Which is one of the toughest Marvel movies. It's tough. So let's let's try and get ourselves through it. We got the Dark Elves attacking. We got Loki pulling another one on us, but he's kind of in prison right now. Can you catch up catch us up on Dark World, Peter? So yeah, so Loki has been in prison for basically wreaking havoc on Earth. They're just like, this isn't cool. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, there is this eventual thing coming, which is called the Convergence, which is the rare alignment of the Nine Realms. Nine, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it's during this time that, you know, the Dark Elves are plotting. And I believe his name is Malaketh? Malaketh. Or Malachi. One of those two. We'll go with it. Fact checkers again, let us know. <laughs> let us know. But basically, <laughs> this whole thing starts off because Jane Foster discovers the Ether, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Which is one of the Infinity... Infinity Stones, yeah, and it's all, like, yes. red, though. It's weird. They, like, retconned it, essentially, to be an Infinity Stone when they realized that what they were doing, but that's a, uh, it's a topic for another podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so during all this stuff, Loki's basically in prison, but long story short, Thor's mom gets killed by Chief Dark Elf dude, mm-hmm. whose name is, is with an M. Yeah, and, and this that, is this... really quickly, just, yeah. like, Loki's mom is a witch, so there is that bond of magic between the two of them. And she is, she's a lot more like, not forgiving of Loki, but maybe a little understanding. And she's still like disappointed in him. But there's a lot more love there than there is with Odin. Yeah, so. and I think because she sees that he's redeemable. Yeah. Which is what the audience mm-hmm. sees also. We're like, we want to root for Loki. Yeah. A lot of it goes credit to Tom Hiddleston's performance that you make this character more three-dimensional than just like he's a villain but essentially and then that's interesting that's the motivation that um loki that thor gives loki to be like help me stop this help me stop the ether stop me stop the dark elves because Mm -hmm. this dude killed our mom yep and essentially loki agrees and he gets to get out of prison and during and there's this this is the one with the great scene if i'm not mistaken where loki pretends to be captain america yeah, that is, yeah, all time. And it's the only time, I think, where we hear him say, I'm Captain America, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I think that's what we, we, I think we, like, deep dove that, like, a month or two ago, and we confirmed that, so I think we're right. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting because, it's, again, it's because Loki's leaning into the whole, the ego, the I'm Captain America. So it's, yeah. it's very on-brand for the character. It's something that is, you know, believable. Yeah. But essentially, go ahead. 
I was just gonna say it. It's funny how Loki, like the way he jokes about the Avengers with Thor and makes fun of him. And the, the cool thing about it of Loki, the character and the performance, is you can tell that he's actually very jealous. Like seeing his brother <laughs> fight with these people, he's like, ah. Part of him, I think, wishes he was he could fight alongside his brother. A little part of him, if that makes sense. So the reason he makes fun of him so much is because he he's jealous. That's what I think, at least. I think so. I think that's the nuance, again, that Tom Hiddleston brings to that role, where it's like, yeah. he has those kind of moments where you're just like, there's more to this than just, like, traditional jealousy. But we we do go forward. They, there's Dark Elves. They fight them on this weird planet, which is, like, a crater. And essentially, Loki, through his mischief, convinces, yes. That planet kind of rem- reminds me of the planet they go on to in the worst superhero movie of all time, the Fantastic Four remake. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i didn't want to think about that movie but now i'm thinking about it again so tough yeah it's 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 an ugly looking planet and um basically the dark elves want the ether and they convince him that they're gonna t- they t- basically take the ether out of jane and during that moment another fight ensues and loki ultimately sacrifices himself mm-hmm. in uh surprising move to everybody like what you know as an audience member you're just like i think that's when it really clicks for the audience at least for me like oh i'm actually a really big fan of loki like it made yeah. more sense that like when you see the character die i think it's, yeah. it's always harder and the reaction from thor chris hemsworth is he's heartbroken and that's the great thing about the loki thor relationship is it's basically it's as simple as this thor is a dog loki is a cat no matter how many times the cat is mean to the dog, the dog still just wants to be friends. And it's uh, Thor loves Loki for better or worse. And he'll he he loves him too much to really because the dog could always win. But he just wants to play with the cat, even though the cat's going to hurt him and steal his food. That's my analogy. Wow. That's quite the analogy. <laughs> that, that, that's 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 a good one. That's that. <laughs> Yeah. Deep, deep conversations on the pineapple couch right here. Mm-hmm. You know? But essentially, you know, he ends up dying. You know? yep. And Thor is basically holding his dead brother, which is a, it's a great scene. And um, again, credit to the actor's performance. And spoiler alert, they end up beating the, the dark elves. Dark elves, and we never see them again. We wish. But ultimately, Thor, Thor returns home and he tells his dad, you know, this is Loki's sacrifice. He rejects the throne, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he leaves. And then we have a great moment when you're, especially if you, these are movies you have to see in the theater, like for the first time if you saw mm-hmm. them. It's so great because Odin's watching him walk away. And then, great plot twist Odin isn't Odin, it's, it's Loki. Mm-hmm. And that is expertly done which leads us right into ragnarok which is as we've mentioned on this pod maybe hundreds of times by now just a perfect movie it is in my opinion the best solo movie in the mcu you can make an argument it's the best whole movie in the mcu it's just so electric and we get kind of we pick up right off from dark world where real quick i just want to say you know it's wild to think about this movie thor dark world comes out four years after i mean Dark World happens, and then four years later, we get Ragnarok. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's quite a long time to wait. Like, we have a problem waiting here, like, six weeks, whatever, between shows. Imagine having to wait that long. I don't remember having yeah frustration of waiting that long. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's because Thor Dark World didn't leave that great of a taste in our mouths. And it's kind of like, 
I mean, because Ragnarok is a total rebrand. And yeah, it, and it really works. And so we'll go there. And it basically, it picks up right off from Dark World, though. Thor comes back, and we see this giant statue to Loki honoring him. We see act famous actors. What is it? Who's in it? Is it? It's um, Matt it's Damon and, and Thor's brother, Chris. Yeah, one of the Hemsworths. Right? Luke Hemsworth. Sure. Something. Sure. I have no idea. Um, but and we see them. Uh, reenacting the events of the end of dark world where loki makes his sacrifice and we see loki as odin really just lounging eating some grapes living the good life with the big statue of loki this is all fuel to the fire of loki's ego he's eating this shit up he loves it and then thor comes back and he can quickly tell that this is not odin and we get a great scene where he throws the hammer and it's like it's gonna come back and hit odin or loki in the head unless he admits that he's loki and um we get loki kind of being revealed by thor and obviously that sets us up for the rest of this movie where the two of them then go to say goodbye to odin in uh, on earth we get a great scene of loki and doctor strange where he falls doctor strange puts some sort of like spell on him basically loki free falls for like 30 minutes or whatever so there's a great line there and then we meet hella for the first time where Loki and Thor, after Odin goes away, obviously the spell or whatever that was keeping Hela away is lifted. And so she comes and she really fucks up Loki and Thor, breaks Thor's hammer, and they're sent basically, they're trying to use the Bifrost, and they get sent off of it by Hela, which ends up landing them in Sakaar, which is uh, where Hulk is. And so we get um, a great scene of the play. Is it the play dead scene? Is that what it? How they do it, you know what I mean? Where like, yeah, he throws Loki at people. Yeah, yeah. Later in the movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we, it's the Ragnarok is great, but for the purposes of Loki, this movie, it's exactly Loki. It's the same. He's looking out for himself in every way. He's trying to get to the higher part of Sakar and be like some sort of like noble or some shit. We see, and he's kind of brought back down because of his relationship with Thor. He's not looked on as highly, which leads to them eventually escaping. And Loki, though, however, doesn't join them when they escape, correct? Correct. Just Tessa Tom, just Valkyrie, yeah. Thor, and Hulk go away, while Loki, we think, is he staying there to take it over, or is he just going on his merry way? Do you remember? He was, well, he was left with the thing wasn't he the the chip the chip left him like shake vibrating yeah him, like shaking on the ground and not until Krog shows up it turns Cork. it off and the court thank you i knew it was um and like lets him free yeah. basically and so what for the purposes of this movie we get the fight in asgard between uh thor and hella and it's not going that well but then loki comes to save the day with the big ship and Korg and Meek and all those fighters, which helps turn the battle of, um, turn the tides of the battle against Hela. And that's basically, oh, but we also get Loki going and taking the Infinity Stone when he is getting Surtur's sword or whatever, the everlasting flame that will beat Surtur and Hela. He nabs the Tesseract from there, which actually leads to our next thing in Avengers Infinity War, Peter. 
where Thanos is coming for the Infinity Stones. Thus, he is coming for Loki because Loki has the Infinity Stones and him and the Asgardians are on those ships because Asgard's gone. Did I miss anything? No, I think that was... And I was actually, as you were saying these things, it made me think about how just, you, just for... If you think back, like, in school, there were so many terms that, like, I don't even remember, like, algebra and, like, yeah. geometry shit and stuff. And it's like, I remember everything that you're saying now. You know, the eternal flame, the sword, the all these things. I'm like, yeah. I remember all these things with you. Yeah, I wish school tested us on this rather than having to take chemistry twice. Um, so, Infinity War, how about you take it from here? Infinity War. So, we essentially have the Asgardians. They're in their... They're there in space, basically, and mm. I think that's how Infinity War starts, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. they come, so, and we see all the Asgardians are all fucked up, and it's basically just Hulk, Thor, and Loki, and Heimdall, right? Yes. Yeah. Talking to um, the Mon, the Ma, the Ma, is that his name? Ebony Ma. Thank you, thank you. See, you know these terminals that I'm missing. And he's basically, they're like, you know, you're you're saved. We're here to save you, and it's like we want. We're gonna like be the good people, and it's like you're not. You're literally killing people. And essentially, Thanos shows up, and he wants the stone. And Thor's like, we don't have it. Like it's not here. And Loki ultimately is like, oops, I technically have it. And essentially, he's Thor is basically about to die because Thanos is like, I want it, or like your brother's head, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. ultimately, Loki's like, fine, here you go. He saves his brother again because Loki has had so much character growth. Maybe the most of anybody to the MCU. If I'm not oh, mistaken, I yeah. feel like. I mean, I think you could. I mean, Iron Man certainly went on quite an arc. That's true. I mean, but Iron Man was never a villain that turned. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, Nebula. Maybe the only like other option, maybe. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he gives it to him, and then Thanos is like, "We're gonna go to Earth to get the rest of them." Yep. And Loki's like, "You know what? I can be your guide. I can help you." And Thanos is like, "You've already failed once. Why am I gonna trust you to do this right?" And he's like, "No, let me. I can do this." And then he's like, "I pledge my." There's a it's Undying. a great line. Yeah. And I don't want to butcher it, so just watch the movie. So he does yeah. this great line, and it's undying loyalty, Loki, right? Isn't that what he says? I thought it was like fidelity or something. I thought it was like some fancy yeah, yeah, like, you English might be right. word. You might be right. Yeah, it's well done. Watch the movie. If you haven't watched it, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. But essentially, at through this moment, he's going to go in with his dagger that he's that he's had on all the movies, and you know, to attempt to. Just, kill Thanos, which is admirable again because he's trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And Thanos just stops him because Thanos does have with the... Power Stone. Space Stone. Thank you. Yeah. It's the purple one, mm-hmm. right? Power and Stone. And he stops them and ultimately kills Loki in the process. In front of Thor, who's basically has to watch his brother die again. This is the third time he's died. Mm-hmm. And as an audience member, you're in the you're in the movie, and this is happening in the first thirty minutes. This is happening, so it's mm-hmm. Ryan's just like, what is happening? And essentially, he yes, he Thanos leaves and leaves the dead Loki there in front of Thor, who is heartbroken beyond now because he's literally seen his brother die for the permanent 
death essentially yeah and it feels a a lot more real than any of the others this one and i mean thanos even makes a line about no coming back to life this time or something like that Mm -hmm. um and so yeah that's loki in infinity war that is the arc in the journey of the loki we met in thor one that is his mcu experience but what happens is in endgame when they go back in time to get the stones you guys remember that whole hulk incident where tony stark ant-man they're all there and loki actually when he's getting arrested at the end of avengers so this is an alternate timeline people when at the end of avengers he gets away with the stone and that's where this loki series picks up so that's where we are now we're we're here we are to the loki series that will be starring tom hiddleston as loki we got owen wilson that is going to play Mobius. We're going to be dealing with the time variance authority, which they're basically, they are like the police officers of the time, like of all the time. sacred timeline of the sacred timeline. So they like make sure everything goes as planned. And I mean, I'm guessing the events of Endgame probably caused some problems. So that's why they're bringing Loki in to kind of help fix some stuff. So I do, what we're going to see is we're going to see, kind of like loki as a hired gun he's kind of like a prisoner in a way but they're like give they're gonna give him tasks i think to fix stuff in the timeline in this show that they need him to do because he is so powerful would you agree no totally and again this is the god of mischief that they're bringing in and this is only this is loki only taking into account thor one and avengers Unless they do, as we, Brian and I talked about before off podcast, show him essentially what his life has been, what he's been through. Like, this is yeah. where your journey was, like, who you were becoming. You ultimately sacrificed yourself. And so, at this point, though, he hasn't done any of that. He's basically been in Thor, and he's trying to take over Earth, working for Thanos. So, this is, all of the goodwill and the character development that we talked about is, like, out the window. Yep. So, it's going to be interesting. So, again, he's not... Playing up to this point, he doesn't know that his like his mom's dead or his dad's dead too. Also, it's like he's not knowing any of these things essentially because of this. And I think it'll be interesting to see, excuse me, how this sort of works to sort of address maybe things throughout the. As the trailer has shown us, there's going to be different time periods that he kind of travels mm-hmm. to that were affected essentially by the time heist. Well, he's well. at Pompeii, I believe. Yeah, in one of the so, trailers, and what looked like Vormir as well, which was um, what quite interesting to see if that actually yeah, is Vormir. Yeah, and we might see a Lady Loki in this series. I think a Kid um, Loki. Kid Loki. We're gonna see. There's obviously that tease of Loki running for mayor or something like that. I think what we'll see of this is we'll see basically a summed up version of Loki's character development condensed into about six or so episodes of what we saw him, the journey he went on the MCU. We're probably going to see that again as he goes through these things and as his life is shown to him what happens. I do think that there is a chance that he does learn some of these lessons and kind of does that character arc. But the thing to remember with that is when he fulfills his character arc, he does that at the end, finally, because of Thor. Thor, his brother, who he loves, even though all this shit has happened. 
Loki may go on a nice character arc and end up being like basically what he was in Infinity War, but he's working with the Time Variance Association, so he doesn't give a shit about them. He he's still, I guarantee you, going to want to screw them over. So this character arc development, we might only see it fully realized in Thor: Love and Thunder. You see what I'm saying? No, totally. And I do think this show has the opportunity, though it's hard to kind of have hopes for this, to have cameos from characters from the MCU. I mean, there is a scene in the trailer where he calls out to Heimdall and his brother, but it's like, are we going to see them in Loki? Are we going to... That'd be the biggest cameo in any of the Disney Plus series, is if Thor showed up in Loki. It wouldn't wouldn't be close, right? Yeah, because it's get, yeah, because I mean the other ones are already characters from the cinematic universe. In the, it would have been like if Cap had shown up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. or Doctor Strange, but that would have taken away from it. Like, yeah, th- it's hard because those could that can take away from what you're trying to build with these shows. Mm-hmm. But this one is so unique because you are visiting certain places that need to be cleaned up because of this. So this was the only moment that wasn't able to be fixed in the timeline because cap when he went back in time to return the stones he did this isn't saying they're aware of it, it's saying they need to fix there's no chance we see cap in this right maybe dealing with alternate timeline loki i'm i'm you know what i'm gonna apologize i'm sorry for putting that out there because that would be fucking sweet and i'm just gonna i'm gonna that was my bad that was my bad I, i'm not getting anyone's hopes up but chris evans showing up but see there i think there's a way i think if they revisit like a scene from the move one of the movies theoretically there is a way to see the character it's granted it wouldn't be a new performance or portrayal of the character it'd be a scene from a existing one the internet would go on fucking fire if cap showed up in this and not falcon and the winter soldier after all that, after the whole everyone wanting him to show up, it's like, oh, here's Loki turned into him for five seconds. We got Chris Evans to do that. Everyone would just like, ah. That's true. That's true. What is he going to turn into one of them? Is he going to, is he, I mean, which is. I think that's completely, uh, I, there's a chance at that, I guess. I don't know. It's tough. It's hard when you have, when you have the quicksilver of it all that's it's hard it's hard when that exists here's so what have i complained about or not complained about like what was the character i really wanted to see in wandavision dr strange strange what was the character i would really like to see in falcon winter soldier captain america if dr strange and captain america both show up in loki Oh my god! Because and there is a chance of that because Cap could be going to return looking for that stone, and Doctor Strange and Loki are intertwined. I think so. That would that would be hilarious. After all this, they both show up in the Loki one after we were begging. So uh, that's just a a random thought. It's that's it, a hard it's a hard because you know as a fan you want to see that, but then you're just sort of like why why now when it's but again this movie has to connect i mean this this show theoretically more so than falcon and the winter soldier has to directly connect to something essentially because yeah. you're you have the upcoming spider-man no way home and you have doctor strange in the multiverse so how does this not connect in a way to them and what, i mean what if it connects to black widow i mean that possibility the fact that this is coming out 
in the and Black Widow lands in the middle of this is interesting to me because it's like you think about that line from Avengers one. We could see some sort of resolution to that potentially. I'm not going to get my hopes up too high for that, but let's. I got a couple more questions before we wrap this up. Um, By all means, who do we think is the big bad? Let me throw some uh, some ideas at you. First idea: Is it the TVA? Are they the annoying ones? Is Loki actually cleaning up their mess? Are they like the Hayward, the bad? I mean the bad people who are, like, controlling everything. I think that's an option. So, I think that's a very solid proposition. My only thing is, though, are we, again, doing that the authority figure is the villain again? I, I mean, I'm not like saying he, I want that, but it, they go right. back to that but well. But I'm saying if we go that time. route, I think it's, again, similar to the whole... Similar to WandaVision, where it was um, the sword. dude... Hayward. Sword. It was dude, the dude and sword with the bat, with the good intentions that got twisted. Similar to the... Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, so it's I, like, I don't want that then. That's a good point. So um, that's my thoughts on that one. Good point. Second option alternate version of loki whether it be female loki a just a kid loki or just an alternate version of this age of loki you know what i mean that i think is an option yeah i think that's, that's definitely a possibility i think that would be interesting to see okay and i'm saving i have the best one saved for last okay kang the conqueror Kang the motherfucking Conqueror, who is going to appear in Ant-Man 3 and is rumored to appear in Loki. Kang is a time-traveling, mean, mean motherfucker. He, he, he will just do a, cause a lot of bad and definitely would be a name worthy enough to be a big bad in the MCU. I mean, hell, even a big bad of, like, Kang is so big, he could be the big bad of, like, a phase and a move like so i think maybe building up kang and loki and we get to see him again in either maybe a little glimpse in doctor strange and then we get him in ant-man 3 quantum mania what do you think of that so to go off of this because i definitely i'm invested in this theory also i'm we're gonna, I'm gonna double with on this one with you as well is there's a character one of the time variants characters is um i had to look it up to remember the name correctly judge um renslayer oh, directly related you know, in comic books, to that last name correlates to a character that is involved with Kang the Conqueror. I think this show would be a great way to do it. I know we wanted Mephisto in one division to sort of set up a Doctor, um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, but I think here you have the ability to have a villain who is directly tied to the TVA, as we said. So I think it's it's the possibilities are there unless you're unless you're turning this in. Loki's ultimately the big bad at the end of this, which is the twist. But I think yeah. that you can introduce someone big and new in this sort of fashion. I agree. Um, so, last question. And this is tough. But to wrap up our Loki preview again, we're going to have pods out every Thursday. You can catch them on YouTube, too, for every episode. What is your favorite version of Loki in the MCU? performance because i guess they're all like similar versions it's like what perf and this is tough because like we kind of mentioned similar shit happens every time he's in it 
but it's Loki, so it's always captivating. This is, it's, I mean, it, it's, it shouldn't be surprising, but my favorite portrayal of appearance of Loki is in Ragnarok. I mean, from when he's watching Thor fight Hulk in the arena to when he's tied up and they're throwing the bottles at him to when he shows up and he's like, your savior is here. Like, is there, yeah, I think that's great. such a great Great portrait. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what yours is. Yeah, um, obviously Ragnarok is right up there. I kind of associate the Ragnarok and Affinity War are basically like the same one, in my opinion. Um, I will say, though, I my favorite performance would actually be Thor 1. How they set him up, because I do think in Thor 1, they do an incredible job of showing the pain he is in. And how bummed this whole situation, how he wants that approval, which really goes a long way for setting up how Loki, why he is the way that he is. And um, I mean, I just think from him falling off the what's the rainbow bridge called him? I can't believe I'm not remembering that. Um, Whatever the rainbow bridge is called. And um, I mean, even just the back and forth between him and Thor, him turning on Thor, Thor realizing it. I thought that Thor won. Loki was very, very special. Similar to Avengers Loki, but a little more insecure. The Bifrost. The Bifrost. That was so obvious. I'm disappointed in myself. No, but what do you think of that? Thing. That's, that's a very, that's a very, it's the, it is, it's the introduction. So it's very, it has to be good. It has to have a solid yeah. beginning. You're not going to root for this character. You're mm-hmm. not going to be bum. You're not going to be like, oh, he's dying again. You're going to legitimately be bummed up the fact that he, all three deaths were essentially like because the character is done so well and I think it's credit to Marvel who did take a gamble on casting Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth in that first Thor you know they could have gone a completely different route which I think is interesting for um, Thor Love and Thunder which is there's supposed to be rumored versions of them in that as well ooh that would so be very kind good we'll see the people that were supposed were going to originally be them Mm-hmm. or something. That'd be very cool. I'd like that. Um, any final thoughts before we get to this upcoming uh, finish this segment and get to the Loki episode this week? As, well, as we were talking about, you know, our favorite portrayals, I thought back to um, Avengers where we see him. And I mean, there's that great scene where he um, at that kind of gala thing where they first fight him. And, you know, it's, it's such a great scene and his dynamic with the Avengers and that unwilling to yield energy and how he's always one step ahead of everybody. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited to see that, yeah. that that portrayal of him in the in Loki. Yeah, and it's like, we're talking about all this, and Loki's never been a main character in anything of this. Like, yeah, he's been a big character, but now we're getting a show solely focused on Loki, which I just think will be electric, because most of the stuff we see from Loki is from a Avengers or Thor perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're looking at as a side character to somebody yeah. else, which I think this Disney Plus experiment has done, which in, when it was first proposed, people were like, is this going to work to have these standalone heroes that aren't in the movies? But granted, maybe the pandemic has helped the fact yeah. that you've been home watching these, but you're really able to see these characters exist in these tight stories that show you there is, and again, it speaks to comics. You're looking at these stories that are so deep that you don't have time to fully address in two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. So you, I think this is such a well-done 
Because, I mean, yeah, it would be cool to see a series about Iron Man or see one about Captain America, but we've been there. So why not lean into these characters that we haven't yet? I agree completely. And I think it's going to be very exciting. I think it's going to be the highest rated or most watched MCU Disney Plus show for sure. And I think it could contend with uh, Mando season two because I think that's the number one. Um, But I'm excited. I'm excited. It should be a, a nice six episode run. I'm excited to cover it with you weekly. Again, every Thursday, we'll be getting those pods out for you as well on YouTube. Um, Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram. We got some merch on the way. I'll hold it up for the YouTube listeners now. We're going to do a bunch of different colors. Got that nice pineapple couch logo. Got to rep the couch. You know know what I mean. Um, Peter, always a pleasure talking to you. Have a great rest of your weekend. And I'll probably be texting you at Tuesday at midnight. Sounds like a plan. All right. See you guys.